New at 5. After weeks of back and forth, the fight about what our primary election will look like in Travis County is over. We'll talk about some of the changes. And Republican presidential candidates are kicking their campaigns into full gear ahead of the Iowa caucus. And rain begins for some of us starting tomorrow. We'll have the timing when your first warning forecast next. A weeks-long behind-the-scenes fight over how you vote is now over. Thanks for joining us. I'm Britt Moreno. And I'm Mike Rush. Travis County Commissioner signed off on an election contract today for the primary in March, agreed on by Democrat and Republican parties. But as Grace Reeder explains, the negotiation process was rocky. Contract negotiations for the March 2024 primary election between Travis County Dems and the GOP unusually contentious. The Travis County Republican Party is seeking what they say is a more secure election. In the past, uh, we have worked less effectively than I would have liked to have uh, gotten additional election integrity provisions in our primary contracts. This round, there are roughly half a dozen changes on the Republican side of things built into that contract, which Travis County commissioners signed off on Tuesday. Those provisions include things like giving the GOP the option to hand count votes, and they'll get additional information from the clerk about who voted where. This time, uh, we have the, the strongest election integrity provisions uh, in Travis County history and probably in the history of any major county in Texas. But it took longer than the state's recommended deadline to get to that agreement. The chair of the Democratic Party says that the crux of the issue was hand-marking and counting ballots at odds with the Dems' goal of keeping countywide voting, meaning you can vote anywhere in the county, not just in your precinct. Obviously, uh, you can't have 50 different ballot types at every single location. It's nearly impossible to facilitate that operationally. In the end, both sides say they're happy with where they landed for their voters and said ultimately when you show up to vote for 95% of the voter experience it will stay the same grace reader KXAN news now the ability to vote countywide is thanks to a state law change several decades ago and according to the Texas Secretary of State there are currently 90 counties here in Texas that use that countywide polling place program Lubbock was the first to implement it back in 2006. Looking in depth now in April, the Texas Senate passed a bill that would ban countywide voting on election day. Instead, voters would have had to vote at an assigned precinct the day of. This wouldn't affect voting centers during early voting. The state lawmaker behind the bill said it would help secure votes, but did not offer any evidence to lawmakers. However, that bill did not end up passing because it failed to clear the Texas House. Well, today, millions of Americans are cleaning up after a storm pummeled the East Coast from Florida to Maine. And of course, it all comes as the holiday rush gets underway. While the storm has moved off the East Coast, its effects linger. The risk of flooding remains across the North East as water rescues continue to play out. Wind gusts topped 60 miles an hour in at least seven states, knocking out power to hundreds of thousands of people. We know at least two people have died in storm-related accidents there in the Northeast. And travelers today hoping that th the thousands of flight disruptions yesterday won't spill over into what's expected to be a record-breaking week for air travel. The TSA reporting this morning they believe Thursday and Friday will be among some of the busiest days they're expected to screen more than two and a half million passengers each day. That is a 6% increase compared to last year. 
first warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. And even though the rain, wind, and snow from that system missed us, some cool air associated with it was in place here this morning. That led to a near-freezing cold start at Austin Bergstrom. Low temperatures today bottoming out at 34. Since then, it's been a beautiful day, but clouds are increasing on the West Shore Home Cam downtown Austin. You see a better view of that happening over the day today from our clouds and radar. These clouds are still mid and high levels of the atmosphere. They're not the low ones that produce rain, but it is a little grayer as the sun gets lower today. 60 out in Fredericksburg, 63 in Austin, mid-60s in San Marcos. Coming up, this is a sign of a change right around the corner, and for some, damp weather starts in less than 24 hours. Rain increases late this week, and we have an update to your Christmas forecast. Don't miss first warning weather coming up. Thanks, David. See you in a bit. With the Iowa caucuses just weeks away, GOP presidential candidates are taking their cases to voters across the state. As NBC's Alice Barr reports, it comes as a new poll finds wide disapproval of the president's handling of the Israel-Hamas war. With less than one month to go until the Iowa caucus, Republican presidential candidates making a final push before Christmas with 16 campaign events across the state today. Divided among former President Trump, former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy. Right now it's going to take somebody with fresh legs to lead from the front. And Florida Governor Ron DeSantis taking shots today at the former president who leads the pack in Iowa with 51% support in a recent NBC News poll. Trump's rhetoric, I mean, he has said things like suspend the Constitution and things that obviously I disagree with. Mr. Trump's most recent controversial comments centering on immigrants who he said were, quote, poisoning the blood of our country. The Biden campaign pointing to similar remarks from Adolf Hitler. Even as a new CNBC poll shows the president's approval rating at a new low of just 35 percent and trailing Mr. Trump head to head. President Biden's steadfast support for Israel, part of what's costing him support, with a New York Times-Siena College poll showing just 33 percent of voters approve of his handling of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, young voters especially critical. I elected a Democrat against Donald Trump because I thought in the moments where it mattered most, he would not do what Donald Trump would do. And so now looking at the humanitarian crisis in Gaza, I think he's doing what Donald Trump would have done. While others say the choice is still clear. If you don't like how Biden is handling the Israel-Hamas conflict, just wait until the other dude gets in there. It's just one of the issues on voters' minds as we round the corner into 2024. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. The Biden administration is trying to bring focus back to what has been a winning issue for Democrats, abortion rights. Vice President Harris is set to hold a nationwide reproductive freedoms tour kicking off next month in Wisconsin. Today in Washington, mourners gathered to celebrate the life and legacy of late Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor. President Biden and current members of the Supreme Court attended the funeral service at Washington's National Cathedral. O'Connor, who died December 1st at the age of 93, made history as the first woman to serve on the nation's high court. She was remembered for her groundbreaking role in U.S. history, but also for her intellect and work ethic while on the bench. In nearly a quarter century on the court, she was a strong, influential, and iconic jurist. Her leadership shaped the legal profession, making it obvious that judges are both women and men. 
After being appointed by President Ronald Reagan in 1981, O'Connor was a crucial swing vote on the then closely divided court, often casting that ever-important deciding vote. An enormous rise in drug poisonings across Texas, but not from opioids. The drug whose side effects is lighting up the poison hotline. And Mayor Kirk Watson made a new walking buddy today. How goats are helping to keep a beloved local hiking trail beautiful. As new drugs such as Ozempic and Wegovy have increased in popularity for weight loss, so have the number of calls to poison control centers. Since 2019, Texas Poison Centers says that they have seen about a 500% increase in calls related to weight loss drugs like semiglutide, which is Ozempic and Wegovy. To avoid any accidental overdose, Lizbeth Petty with the North Texas Poison Center is advising people to read medication labels and talk to a healthcare professional before taking a product containing semaglutide. The recommendation is always going to be, you know, talk to your healthcare provider, weigh the risk versus benefits um, so that you can make an informed decision. But if you have absolutely any questions and you cannot reach your healthcare provider, the Poison Center is a great resource. So fortunately, Petty says that the majority of the calls in Texas were from people with mild symptoms like nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, or low blood sugar. Of the nearly 500 calls to the Texas Poison Center network, no one died and there were very few severe cases. Well, heads up, make way for goats on the trail. It is all to protect the environment. This is Yuli the goat. Earlier this afternoon, she walked with Austin Mayor Kirk Watson down the Ann and Roy Butler hike and bike trail. Watson joined Yuli to promote the Trail Conservancy's Goats on the Trail pilot program. The Conservancy started deploying goats in July to sustainably maintain the beloved trail that circles Lady Bird Lake. The goats play a crucial role in controlling invasive species like poison ivy, which in turn promotes the growth of native plants. If you've been down here and you've actually seen the goats uh, as they have been uh, helping clear the land and eat the poison ivy and uh, it's, it's, it's really a pretty cool thing. It's also a neat way for uh, people that love this trail to interact uh, with their trail and interact with those goats. I think what gets me is the goat on a leash. That's yeah. the part that stands I think, out. I think that's a bad <laughs> idea. Uh oh, okay. Mike. <laughs> bad joke, too. Digital reporter Sam Stark has more information on how you can participate and keep the program running on this story over at KXAN.com. You did set me up. <laughs> well, just one day after the governor signed it into law, there is a legal challenge to the state's border security law. The immigrant rights groups calling it unconstitutional when we come back. Little guy's better on a leash than our dog is out there. I promise you that. Hey, we're running a 10-inch rainfall deficit for this point in the year, but rain is coming next. You stole it. Texas' latest immigration law is attracting swift legal pushback. Today, the ACLU sued Texas, calling its empowerment of state police to arrest people on the suspicion of illegal immigration unconstitutional. The president of Mexico has also promised to challenge Texas over that law. Our Ryan Chandler has been tracking the law's anticipated impact on the border in Brownsville. This is usually a pretty good area to cross because you have a huge opening right here where you can just pretty much, you can have someone come pick you up and, and you can pretty much take it from there. Mauricio Garcia has straddled countries and cultures his whole life. Our communities are so intertwined that it's so hard to actually separate them. Born in America, raised in Mexico, he serves many clients in the opposite situation. Those living a life of legal limbo. 
He says immigration laws need desperate fixes, but he worries for the impact of Texas's novel new crackdown. I think uh, a lot of people don't realize the ramifications of this law, and, and it's not going to be until you start getting your, your tia, your tio, your primos uh, getting arrested because they're getting racially profiled. That's when it's going to start causing issues. Senate Bill 4 creates a new state crime for crossing illegally. By empowering state police to order migrants across this bridge and essentially self-deport or face prison time, Texas is hoping to test the limits of federal authority. We think that Texas already has a constitutional authority to do this, but we also welcome a Supreme Court decision that would overturn uh, the precedent set in the Arizona case. Governor Abbott hopes a new court will tip the balance of power while assuring those in Brownsville legal residents will be safer. So one thing that uh, officers understand, uh, and that is, is wrong to profile. The only thing we are doing by this law is making sure that our law enforcement have the tools they need to actually take action. On one thing they all agree, reform is urgent, but any lasting hope will come from Washington, not Austin. There's always been talks in Congress and, and we all get our hopes up and then all of a sudden we just get let down. That was Ryan Chandler reporting. In response to the ACLU's lawsuit, Governor Greg Abbott told us on Tuesday, quote, President Biden has repeatedly refused to enforce federal immigration laws. In his absence, the governor wrote, Texas has the constitutional authority to secure our border. Texas will take this fight all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court if necessary, end quote. Digging a little deeper, a new UT Austin politics project poll shows that Texas voters don't have very high expectations for the state legislature after a long round of four special sessions. The poll shows that no more than 26% of voters are confident that the legislature actually improved security along the border. Data showed similar percentages for voter confidence in reducing property taxes, improved safety of public schools, increased reliability of the state's electrical grid and the water supply. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, the sun will set in about 15 minutes as we approach the winter solstice in two days from now. That'll be the shortest day of the year with only 10 hours and 11 minutes of daylight. Feeling like winter out there in terms of sunset times. 63, a nice mild evening right now with clouds thickening up a bit in the western sky. Cedar count is way down today from high to low and it should get better as some rain starts to fall in some areas in just 24 hours. Clouds increasing across the state as a big pinwheeling storm system sets up just off the California coast. As we discussed yesterday, it's not only this storm which is eventually coming our way, but even ahead of it, this little conveyor belt of smaller storm systems or little pieces of energy and moisture in the atmosphere. These are going to start to roll our way starting tomorrow and that's why rain enters the forecast starting then as well. The rain chances, you know, they're hard to pin down, especially several days out with so many storm systems that'll be affecting those. But tomorrow, some widely scattered showers return. Periods of wet weather are more likely Thursday and Friday. As I mentioned, this is difficult to pin down, but Saturday we may dry out a little before a wetter Christmas Eve day. But new today in your forecast, Christmas Day and the day after next week could be completely dry. 
So let's pin down the hour by hour of when some rain could affect your plans. Won't happen this evening. If you want to go to the Mozart's lights or the trail of lights, this could be the only dry night we've got left this week. So uh, factor that into your plans if you can. Clouds thicken up a bit overnight, but we still look dry. It's tomorrow when mostly cloudy skies start to lower and thicken and a couple isolated showers get going by late morning and midday. A few isolated showers, some drizzle possible tomorrow evening around this time and especially after sunset that could dampen things out at the trail just a bit. On Thursday, remember the rain chances are ramping up. Cloudy skies all day with scattered showers early, then an increasing chance of some passing rain, maybe some of it moderate to heavy later in the evening and into Thursday night. On Friday, which is about as far as this high-resolution computer model can see, passing rain showers and even a few downpours more likely from morning through midday and even beyond how far this model can look. After seven days uh, from now, we are expecting over an inch of rain in the bucket for some of us. Remember, this will be a moving target, so don't take this as verbatim at this point. Hopefully, though, we can squeeze some beneficial rain at times out of these passing showers starting tomorrow. Tonight's forecast, much warmer, more than 10 degrees warmer, thanks to increasing clouds, that thicker blanket of clouds keeping Austin at 51. Tomorrow, southeast winds pumping in some more humidity, mostly cloudy with a few light showers and some drizzle, especially late. Temperatures, though, very comfortable at 67. As the winter solstice arrives on Thursday, rain chances are going up as high temperatures stay nice in the 60s. This coming weekend, some periods of rain likely at times, especially on Christmas Eve day. After that, though, we're not only drying out, we're cooling off for Christmas Day. May even break out that Christmas sweater on Monday with a high temperature now down to 62. Okay, David, thanks very much. After the break, meet the man sleeping in a giant red kettle, how he is inspiring others to do their part in helping those experiencing homelessness. Right now, our look at the growing popularity of an educational video series that critics call conservative indoctrination. Also, Apple accused of stealing technology, its response, and why it's now pulling some of its watches off the shelves when we see you back here tonight. After a long wait, Texas's Blue Origin is launching missions again. The Jeff Bezos-founded company successfully launched its first mission in more than 15 months today. The new Shepard lifted off from the West Texas site. It carries 33 research payloads and 38,000 postcards for Club for the Future, which is a Blue Origin-founded nonprofit focusing on youth interest in space exploration. This is the first flight since last year's failure during an uncrewed testing flight. It's not clear when Blue Origin will once again send human tourists paying top dollar to the edge of space. An officer for the Salvation Army in Cadillac, Michigan, is spending a week outdoors in the snow in a giant red kettle, all for a really good cause during the season of giving. For the next week, Lieutenant Greg Bach will be camping inside this giant Salvation Army kettle outside a thrift store to raise awareness for all those people experiencing homelessness. All the items Lieutenant Bach has in the kettle either came from the thrift store or were donated by community members. Bach will be living in the kettle until Christmas Eve or until $200,000 is raised for the Salvation Army's Christmas campaign. There are a lot of people out there that this doesn't even begin to touch what they're facing. So this is vitally important to me. And I hope that when people see this red kettle and they get to crawl through it and get on top and see what's inside of it and experience it, I hope um, they then internalize just how important the money that goes into the regular red kettles really are. 
Lieutenant Box says they are still about $130,000 away from their goal. Tonight on KXAN in primetime, we find out who wins season 24 of NBC's The Voice. It is part two of the live finale. Then back here for KXAN News at 10 o'clock. Join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on CW Austin. And here is where to find us over the air or through your television provider.